Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah. Watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one. Let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if them bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause them bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to him, What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell. It has been a while since our last conversation. I've been more on the writing side of things lately, but here we are today recording an episode. I believe it's been almost a month since our last recording, if my memory serves me correctly. Things have been a little bit rocky here and there for the Sixers, especially with um, with the offense sort of, uh, you know, crapping out a little bit and then Embiid getting hurt with the with the hand injury and now here we are they have played uh what is it six games since Embiid got hurt they're four and two in those six games maybe it's it's three and two I, th- I think it's three and two in, the, in those five games since they've since they've lost Embiid for a couple weeks um there seems to be a lot of discussion about w- what this team's issues are and I think people are very torn about what it is. Some want to bl- some want to blame Brett Brown. Some don't want to blame Brett Brown. Some want to blame Ben Simmons. Others do want to blame Ben Simmons. And it just seems like no matter what, they are in the sights of everyone in the city. And I think there's more to it than just cut and dry. It's Brett Brown and Ben Simmons trade Ben or fire Brown. One of them has to go. I don't I don't see it that way. And I think that's the correct perspective to see it from. Especially from engaging with people on social media who, quite frankly, don't seem to have the best grip as to what the issue is. They're just emotionally throwing things out there that you know that that might not be true, or that they're not seeing the other pers- they're not seeing the other perspective of it. So, I kind of want to go through the issues today and then discuss the not issues. Start out with a a, a huge issue for for me, and I, I, I'm gonna start out with the issues because. People love that, you know, they say that I'm a homer. They say that I, you know, that I clearly favor the Sixers. I don't see anything that's wrong with them. No, that's not the case. The case is that this team, you have to take them for what, you have to look at the record first and foremost, because the record always tells you what you are. They are, they were 25 and 16 a week ago. And now they're 28 and 16. They've won three in a row without their best player. And, just you know, to put it to, to put it in the correct light, there isn't all bad with a team that's twenty eight and sixteen. There's not. We over exaggerate things in this city because it nothing can be 
in the middle. It's either they suck or they're amazing. That's sort of where this fan base is. And so I don't believe that all is, is horrible despite some of the recent struggles. They, they won 13 of 15 earlier in the year, and they are a very good basketball team. It's funny how they're, they're universally respected by people in the NBA, and then the fans just seem to think that they're you know some, some, some dog shit outside. And I, I just don't see it that way. It's not it's not what it is. Um, now, do people does everyone think they they are going to? Um, is it, does, now, does everyone think that they're that they're poised to go to the finals? No, people doubt them. I doubt them. You should doubt them because they haven't proven enough. But they're not they're they're not this team that we make out to be a five hundred team. They're not. So. Let's just cut to the chase and, and and get to what these issues are. And it's ironic because I've been beating around the bush and preluding everything. But here is here are my issues with the Sixers. First of all, Al Horford is a ma- massive, massive, massive issue for the Sixers team. And here's why: he is in the first year of a four-year, hundred nine million dollar contract that is already beginning to look like an like an albatross and something that you might not be able to get rid of. Now. Someone said today, you're never stuck with a bad contract. This could be a horrible, horrible contract for the Sixers for for the next couple of years. Al Horford, in the last 15 games, he has six games of 13 or more points. Only six in the last 15. His shots are all falling short, and that tells me that he's aging fast. The legs are, are not under him anymore, and I... I He's clearly a step slower, and physically it looks like he is starting to slow down a lot. And we all said, well, oh, well, with Embiid out, he'll be able to get back to his more natural center position and I'll be okay. He's given us no reason to believe that. He scored four points last night. Four. Four. He's making almost $30 million a year, and he scored four points last night. He gets beat on defense often and in, in ways that he wasn't getting beat the last couple of years. He, he used to be if he got beat on, 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 a, uh, on, on, on a hard closeout that he'd, he'd be able to get back in time quick enough so that way it wouldn't end up being that he was completely blown by. He could block from behind. Now it's quite the opposite, actually. It's now that he can't even keep up with the defender once it goes behind. So once he's once he, once he's in the dust, there's no recovering, and then there's a then there's a wide open hole around the basket for for, for a, a ball handler to score. So his defense has taken a massive step back. He's also committing bad fouls that he didn't used to commit, and that's because that's what happens when you slow down. You start to defend, you start to defend with your hands a little more, and you call for fouls. Those are all signs that. Al Horford is is beginning to to show signs of age, and a big concern is if you don't move this contract soon, you're going to be stuck with it for the next two three years. My next concern: the bench production is egregious. It's absolutely egregious. Your main scorers off the bench that you that you can that you can think you can look at and say, okay, I can probably get, I can probably squeeze six to eight out of him tonight. James Ennis the third and Trey Burke. That's it. 
Matisse Thibel when he's not starting. Korkmaz, who's been hot as hell lately, but is extremely fickle. Those are the only three guys. The Sixers average 28.8 bench points per game. The Clippers average 51. Sixers are near the bottom of the league in bench scoring every night. And you need to have production to supplement off the bench because when as soon as the starters come out, you have bench guys who just can't keep up. And then you have to, you have to rush the starters back in to keep things equal. So you're not getting anything out of your bench. I mean, Trey Burke's a nice player. He's also been a journeyman around the NBA whose best seasons were on teams that were tanking. James Ennis is a nice player. He's not a real scorer. He's a, he's a, a junk a junkyard dog who can get an offensive board and, and finish in the paint. He can make an open jumper when, when it's there. But if you're leaning on him for for, for 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 big bench production, you have an issue. Kirk Kirkmonis is nice, but he's inconsistent. Although he's been very high lately. Mike Scott has been an absolute zero for you, and on top of that, you spent your MLE your mid level exception on him this year. Other players that you could have gotten with that money, I don't even want to go into it because it's it's bad. You 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 owe him nine point eight million over the next year and a half. That's egregious for a guy who is playing five minutes a game now because he's just been so bad with his shooting this year. The shooting and the shot creation in general leaves so much to be desired with this team. So much to be desired. Tobias Harris is shooting like 36.5% from three. Not bad. Not near where he's been the last couple of years. Um, Al Horford's shooting like 33% from three, and his shots aren't even coming close when he shoots them. Josh Richardson has taken a monumental step back despite being in, in, in a more conducive role to his game this year. He's shooting 33% from three. Embiid shooting 31-ish. Ben Simmons not shooting. And we'll get to that later. Your best shooter is probably Furkan Korkmaz, maybe not percentage-wise, but definitely in terms of the whole volume three-point shooter, he is your best shooter because he's the most consistent one, of course. It's bad when you have to rely on Raul Nato as your best percentage three-point shooter. He is shooting above 40%. That's leading the team right now. Speaking of shots, shot creation is a huge, huge, huge issue for this team. We saw in the playoffs against the Celtics two years ago, they had not one single shot in Crater. They had a guy who could come off a screen and hit a shot, a guy who could spot up for a shot, no one who could put the ball on the deck and make a shot. And they lost to an undermanned Celtics team in five games. Now you can blame it on Brett Brown because he got coached, sure. But the bottom line is that they had nobody who could make a shot off the dribble and create. And that's what burned them in that series. You have to get a shot creator, or else you're going to run into very similar problem this year. And what happens when you have a game where you're eight of twenty, or eight of thirty-five from three, or you're six of you're six of thirty-one? What's going to happen in that game? You're not going to win, and you're going to blow a game that that in a, in a crucial part of a series because you can't make shots, and you have no shot creators off the dribble. You have guys who can either spot up and make shots, or they can you know, or, or, or they can get, to, or they can you know finish at the rim, but they can't create for themselves. You have Tobias Harris who can kind of do it. You have um, Josh Richardson who can kind of do it. Trey Burke can kind of do it. But you don't have anybody who can really put the ball on the door, on, on the floor, crossover, 
and make or take, or make a step back jump shot. He had none of that. And there's been a lot of rumors that they're going to trade for Robert Covington. I you know if if, if Brian Jacobs says they says they are. Then I, you know, my guess would be that they probably are. I don't care what anyone else says. He's a very credible guy. He's nailed things before. I trust him. I do not want to get Robert Covington. Covington is not the answer for this team. You have an you have a, you have a guy who you can't rely on. He's not. He's he's a, he's an okay three point shooter, league average. He's not going to help this team, and you do not want to give up. At, he's going to help. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to put the not going to be the extra oomph to get them over to the next level. And I don't want to waste the already limited resources I have on Robert Covington. Brett Brown is a problem. He is an issue. And here's why he's an issue. He is somewhat of an enabler. He's, he's, at, he's, he's definitely an enabler. But it's that he has to find a middle ground between his philosophy and what needs to be adjusted so that way they can win games. Telling this, telling this group of guys to jack up 30-something threes a game is malpractice. This team is not that kind of a team. They, they, they lost two games last week that they should have won, but they didn't because he told them to, to, to throw up threes and they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And if they had just taken mid-range dumpers or even gone for layups, they would have closed out the Pacers on the road and won a big game against Indiana. In the... In the pick and roll coverage, we said this a thousand times, a thousand thousand times. You can't just go all game and say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, drop the big off the screen and, and, and let them get mid-range jump shots." At a certain point, you have to stop letting T.J. McConnell's beat you on the mid-range jump shot. And, and I'm not just kind of single at T.J. Or or, or 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 you know, knock him down. I'm saying guys in general who shouldn't be able to get 10 to 15 points on you are doing that to this team over and over again, and it kills them. And then that's and then that doesn't even account for the likes of Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyrie Irving, elite guards that have, that, that, that have made their lives hell this year. This defense is too strong and too capable for them to not be able to adjust to counter an offensive strategy that's working for a, an opponent. Stop dropping the big. Stop giving them the mid-range looks. Get in there. Switch screens. Double. Um, hedge. There are so many strategies that you can employ and, and, and use to adjust that will completely just alter the way that you're playing the game. And it's because of those kind of plays that you can change the course of a game. Things don't always have to be the way that they are with this team. There are so many times where they, where they could just make the simple adjustment and games don't play out in a losing way. You don't leave with a bad taste in your mouth. You get a win because of it. But they lose games because they don't adjust and then they, and then in the pivotal points of the game, things don't go their way. That's what I blame Brett Brown for. That's the issue. Those are all things that he can change just by being a little less stubborn and a little more you know, creative in-game. Because at some point you can't just say, "Well, they're we'll miss eventually." You have to adjust and make them and, 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 and make things difficult. You have to counter other coaches counter in games. And if he can't do that, then guess what? Maybe he is the problem. Maybe you do have to get rid of Brett Brown. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I, I think I think he's a fine head coach, but 
the, 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 you know, the evidence is strong against him at this point. Now let's get to the things that are non-issues. Ben Simmons is a non-issue. I do not need Ben Simmons to shoot the ball from the outside. I, I don't need it anymore. He has so many games this year where he's been absolutely dominant. He had 24 points on opening night against the Celtics to, and was the best player on the court that night. He's had 29 against the Rockets a couple weeks ago to keep, to keep them in the game. He has 17, 19, you know, uh, eight, a bunch of high-scoring games where he's one of the best players on the court and he doesn't take a jump shot. I do not need Ben Simmons to take a jump shot. I don't. And only people who do are people who have this vision of him as something that he's not and they need that jump shot to get them to that vision and it's just not panning out that way for them. And so they they get furious and 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 they think that he's something that and you know they, they take away from Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons while physically and skills wise and, and and sort of in the same kind of game He's kind of like LeBron James. He's not LeBron James. He's not. But was LeBron James ever the defender that Ben Simmons is? Ben Simmons is on track to have a phenomenal, phenomenal career. He's a leading candidate for the Defensive Player of the Year award at age 23. He responds to criticism when people criticize him. Last year, Jared Dudley told him, uh, said he was, in half, he was a half, an average player in the half court. He's probably with 31 points in the playoffs on the road without Joel Embiid, and they won the game. Ben Simmons is a star in this league, and he's doing it without a jump shot, and he doesn't need to have a jump shot. I'm sorry, he doesn't. What he does need is to be aggressive, and he's shown that over the last couple games that, hey, if you need me to take over a game, just watch out, I'll do it. And don't, don't give me the crap about the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is for uh, players who are score-first players. Ben Simmons looking to set guys up. And sure, the assists are down. They're not, you know, the tw- two assists per game is, isn't great. Let me ask you this. Does he get an assist when he passes the ball to an open shooter and a guy misses a shot? I didn't think so. Ben Sim- you have to watch Ben Simmons play. A lot of you are very smart people. A lot, of you have- a lot of you are not very smart people too. Ben Simmons, in the fourth quarter, what I would do, play him off ball, lob plays at the rim, have Josh Richardson be the, be the point guard and ball handler. It's worked in previously for them. They won the game against Boston without Embiid doing that kind of thing. They almost beat Miami in Miami doing that kind of thing. If you run, if you use him as a pick and roll screener and or put him in dunker spot off the ball in the fourth quarter, no one's going to talk about Ben Simmons not being useful. And in the first three quarters, forget it. He's a he's he's a star. It's just that the scorer's mentality takes over in the fourth quarter, and that's best suited for the likes of Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson. Next issue. Next non-issue, I should say. Tobias Harris. Stop with the Tobias Harris slander. He is one of the more underrated players in the NBA. He has been a rock for this team all season long. He's After that mini slump that he was in for a couple games where he was 0-23 from 3, he's shooting above 40% from 3. Above 40%. Averaging almost 20 points a game on the year. It's not... Him who said, I need to have this contract. The Sixers gave him the contract, and he signed it like the rest of us would. The expectations you have for him are things that you've created because you because you, because you you think of him as being somebody who demanded this kind of money, and the Sixers had to acquiesce. They handed him the contract. He signed it. Tobias Harris has played consistently in a 20 points per game kind of uh, you know area. He's been a shot creator for this team. 
he has been he's he's made plays in the fourth quarter of games to win. It's time to stop blaming Tobias Harris every time the game every time they lose. And every game that he has a bad game, it's I'll drive him to the airport. Every game that he's good, it's crickets. He is not the problem. Even though I just spent time killing Brett Brown, he is not the he is not all of the problem. He can't make Ben Simmons shoot the ball. When Ben Simmons gets the ball in the corner for an open shot and he passes it up, that's not Brett Brown's fault. That's Ben Simmons being stubborn. Now you could go the other way and say, well, then doesn't listen. Then 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 ben, then you know it's time for a new coach in there. Brett Brown doesn't have his his, his point guard's ear. I don't think anybody would have gotten that out of Ben Simmons. I don't think anybody would have gotten Ben Simmons to shoot the ball. Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. Brett Brown has orchestrated a top 10 defense. He's won 50-plus games in likely three straight years. He has made a group of of non-fitting pieces fit. He's managed egos over and over again. He's dealt with incompetent GMs and undedicated ownership. And they've won 50 games in three consecutive years. They've, they, they've, you, you, you all said he can't. He doesn't call timeouts right. He's now learned how to call timeouts in the, in, in, when needed. In fact, he does it a little prematurely, if you ask me, sometimes. But that's just me. The turnovers have gotten far, 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 far better, especially of late. They've been doing an excellent job taking care of the ball. Brett Brown can be blamed for some things. You can you can say maybe he you can, you can make the case he's lost the locker room or they can't close out games or it's the same things over and over again. The players have to execute. The players are the ones who makes who who have to make shots. Brett Brown is the one who is making a a, a guard without a without a jump shot actually kind of coexist well with a star center. He's the one who's earned the trust and the support of young of two young egocentric stars in the NBA. He is the one who is respected amongst his amongst his NBA peers. So, while Brett Brown has his shortcomings, he isn't always the problem. There are things that are outside of his control. Brett Brown is a fine NBA head coach. And he has juggled a ton of different variables and managed to still put together successful seasons the last couple of years. And his judgment day will come when this team does or does not get out of the second round of the playoffs. And they have work to do. they got to add a shot creator. They need to. But I believe that this team is built for a... Uh, first built for a seven-game series where they can adjust in games, or they can just you know they can just after game one, after game two. They 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 are made for wearing you fit down physically and and, be, and 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 getting and getting you know tough and dirty with you, and making things ugly. That's what they're built for. So while regular season wins are are pleasing and they're you know that that they, they make things look sexy. This team is judged in the playoffs. End of story. The feed to Embiid and his name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my, without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2019. Do you like shotgunning beers? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. 
King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes a perfect shotgun and hole under a second. Also a tab puller, event puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra Co. with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code DRESSACOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. Sixers will be back in action tomorrow in Brooklyn, 3 p.m. for MLK Day. And hopefully we will see you sometime in the next week. As always, thank you for listening to the Feed to Embiid.